0: Welcome back to Grid, I am Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the Disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. If you didn't listen to the recap episode, which dropped yesterday, normally it will drop on a Tuesday, you may not know that we are three, one and one. In the Las Vegas Super Contest, tied with hundreds of people in this 3,000-plus person contest because it's early. The average point total was 2.78. We got 3.5, so we're already ahead of the curve. And we were 4-0-1 in consensus picks last week and got another win last night with the Cincinnati Bengals, who were a pick in the contest and won outright on Thursday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens collective did it again. We had people arguing with us too uh, about this selection last night, but seemed like a really good spot for the Bengals. The Ravens coming off of a fake game against a fake team, and 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 watching that first half, Brett. Man, what what were you, what were you what was going through your head about your Buffalo Bills?
1: Uh, where do I begin? I I have so much hatred toward the top of this organization right now and that's really where it begins like i i don't i don't have any negative feelings towards this actual team it's it all starts at the top and the decisions they made especially a quarterback it's horrifying the bills make me wanna so pissed
0: off isn't that the way i have to play it again now.
1: the bills make me wanna
0: that's the worst too because inevitably the people that do hear it are the players right like they're the ones wearing the jerseys, and they're on the field. They're facing the media, where owners and chairmen never really see the light of day in uh, American football, unless you're Jerry Jones and you're seeking out all the attention you can get. Uh, and, and, and man, it's just been a total dumpster fire for this Bills team. We were talking about the other day in the chat. We've been joking all week about how good Pat Mahomes looked and Mo wants his bust to be created And Brett brought brought up the fact that uh, many of us forget, but will burn in his memory is the Bills traded that pick away to trade back uh, for the trade up for Josh Allen. Yeah. The following year to trade up for Josh Allen.
1: And and we've also admitted now twice to being wrong about Nathan Peterman. Can we just give up on this kid already?
0: (laughs) How is he on an NFL roster after that uh, first half performance last year? against the Chargers. I don't know. Starting week one, just <laughs> starting.
2: <laughs> all
0: right, let's get into the card. For those of you that maybe new, we are in the Las Vegas super contest and each week, the four of us select one game. We rank every single team uh, from top to bottom and our top game goes onto the card to be submitted to the super contest. The fifth and final game is selected from an aggregate of all of our picks. We are trying to win more than one million dollars. Each episode, we cover games where we're split down the middle, 50-50, where we got Lone Wolves, where there's one host on a side, and then finally, we reveal the games that are making the card. We'll start with the split games, and one host has two split games on their card, and that is the man who went 5-0 and last week, a perfect Five and zero needed Moe's card. It's the resident Moose himself, Mo. You've got both the Colts and the Bucks on your card. You've got the Colts higher, so we'll start with that game. Colts at Redskins. The racial slurs. Colts are getting six points. Uh, the line on Pinnacle, uh, I believe, is this is one is a half point lighter. So five and a half on Pinnacle. Currently, 59% of the bets are on the racial slurs, 41% on the Colts. Mo, tell us why you like Indy so much in the spot.
2: Yeah, it's a half-point lighter there, uh, and the juice is even at minus 105, so it it's not a fake half-point lighter. It definitely looks like the Colts are the side the market's favoring a little bit here. That's despite the fact that the public is on the slurs. So Indy, they blew it last week. Washington, they looked quite dominant, but I think this is one of those games where you can't take too much away from that one. Um, And it's a stock high versus stock low spot. Uh, I still think Washington can be beaten with the pass. Uh, I don't see too many ways they can match up with T.Y. Hilton. And Brett's favorite, Eric Ebron? that being said i did wake up and check the injury report this morning because i had to do my capping a little early this week and anthony costanzo being out well i mean not for sure out but he didn't practice on thursday which is usually pretty bad sign um this is really worrisome because washington looks like they should have a solid pass rush and they probably need him to uh hold off and, and, and keep Andrew Luck clean for this one.
0: Yeah, here's the Colts' O-line situation. So in week one, left tackle Anthony Costanzo missed the game, forcing Joe Haig to switch from right tackle to left tackle, and they plugged in Jamarcus Webb to play right tackle. During that game, Mr. Webb suffers a season-ending hamstring injury, and uh, there were reports early in the week that Costanzo was going to play. He was a limited participant on Wednesday, and then he was downgraded yesterday to a DNP, and whenever players are downgraded, that's when alarm bells should be going off. Uh, the next man up would be Braden Smith. Uh, he's a rookie natural right guard who who they'd have to slot over to right tackle. He played one snap on Sunday after the web injury at right tackle, so that would definitely be a, concer- a concern. excuse me. I'm also concerned about Luck's lack of downfield targets. He had the lowest percentage of throws that traveled uh, 15, or 15 or more yards on Sunday, and I'm also really concerned about this Colts defense. Uh, they gave up 6.6 yards per play to the Bengals last week, and they're really, really vulnerable in the middle of the field with Sky Moore and Darius Leonard playing linebacker, and that's where Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed can absolutely eat. So I am laying the six here in this spot with the racial slurs. Not high on my card, uh, right about in the middle, but I just don't really like this Colts depth chart and I think this O-line situation it might end up shaking out later in the year when Casanzo gets back healthy but currently that is very troublesome for me Uh, one host that loves the slurs is DP you are laying the six and you've got them on your card
3: I do. I do. Rich, I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm just not seeing why the Redskins don't win easily here. Uh, The Redskins, they looked very good in week one. I understand we do have to take that with a grain of salt because they did play the Cardinals, who are really bad. But if you looked at the Colts, I was not impressed with really anything I saw from them uh, in week one. Um, They should have won that game, uh, you know, if they were a bit better. But I just don't. I think they're going to be much of the same. What we've seen from the Colts, a pretty bad defense Luck still has to get it together. You guys have already talked about the offensive line and all their troubles there. I think Washington at home, they just have a better offense with the QB that's not going to make the mistakes that we can see Andrew Luck prone to do, and Andrew Luck is going to be much more prone to do that this week against a good Washington defense uh, that's going to be able to get after Luck uh, through this offensive line that we really don't know what's going to be happening uh, on game day for Indianapolis.
0: Bert, you've got Indy, albeit low. Won't you uh, finish us off on your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys know I love the Redskins. This team was undervalued coming into the year. They wiped the floor with what appears to be a piss-poor Arizona team. Uh, Colts struggled with a Bengals team that looks like a playoff team. Uh, so, I mean, th- this line opened Redskins minus three a few months ago. Why Why is it six now? I think it should be like four and a half or five.
0: Definitely a strong overcorrection. Again, I'm not super high on this game, but I, I'm very worried about this Colts depth chart beyond the quarterback position. I voiced those concerns last week heading into the Bengals game, and uh, the Bengals were able to hang on in there and eke out the outright win. Let's move to Eagles Bucks, the other, the only other split game, on our cards. And this is another one where I am proudly daring to be square. Not only do I have the Eagles laying the three and a half on the road at Tampa Bay, but I have them on my card. We've got one of the best coaches in the league on the Eagles. We've got extra rest and extra days to prepare. And on the other side of the ball, the stock could not be higher for the Bucks. I understand that the Bucs are still uh, very much uh, not getting the backing of the public. 29% of the bets are currently on the Buccaneers. But can you imagine what that number would be, or at least how high this spread would be if Tampa Bay went out and failed to cover the spread last week in New Orleans. Uh, what would this line be? 5-6? Uh, and beyond that, we talked about injuries for the Colts. This secondary for Tampa Bay is in trouble. Vernon Hargraves, their first-round pick from three years ago, tore his labrum last week against the Saints. He's out for the season. Brent Grimes missed the game, and is looking like he's going to miss this week's game as well, which leaves... Something called Ryan Smith and something called Carlton Davis playing cornerback for the Buccaneers. I have no idea how this team is going to get stops against this offense, and we all know on the other side of the ball, he was magic last week, but the powder keg looms large, especially with the pass rush that the Eagles can generate. So I don't think three and a half is enough. I think the Eagles are a much better team, and I think the Bucs are going to be in trouble. Mo. As I said at the top, you've got both games on your card, split games, that is. But you're on the other side. You are taking the home dog, the three and a half with the Bucks. Tell me why I am wrong.
2: I do love the Bucks in this spot. Um, like you said, even though uh, they rolled last week in the most shocking game of the week, the public is still not buying in at all. Um, there are a few things that worries me. Uh, what? comes after the good Fitz powder cake game. Rich, you know better than anybody. The blowup is coming. It, it might not be coming this week, but it's definitely coming. Um, And not having JPP possibly this week could be a little rough because I don't know who the hell else is going to rush the passer on this Tampa team. Uh, that being said, man, Foles looks terrible. I think this is a really high-variance game just because of those Two things like a lot of different things could happen here. Um, the market is sitting at three, so three and a half definitely seems like a really good number that they're offering us here. Uh, it's kind of a fake three because of the juice, but uh if that's the direction it's moving, it looks like Tampa is probably the right side. And you know, I think this is a game where you could get away with not not having the best pass defense i mean poles is just playing so bad and their offense looked so bad against atlanta and this is an atlanta team that although i've liked their defense uh from a talent perspective uh they haven't been that great production wise on the field so i think the buck's getting three and a half at home nobody's believing in them the market's moving Towards the Bucks, it, it's a pretty good spot. I feel
0: have to go to the number one Nick Foles stand on planet Earth after all of that trashing from Mo manati You clicked the Eagles. My heart felt good that I was not a lone wolf here, sticking this on my card. Albeit, yeah, but where did I have it? Albeit very low, <laughs> very low. But you are the number one Nick Foles stand. Tell me why I should feel somewhat confident in you. Taking... Shouldn't feel confident. Damn it! Come on, Bert.
1: I didn't want this anywhere near my card. I, I don't know what to make of this game. It feels like it should be slam dunk equals minus three and a half, but it's not that simple. Every ticket coming in on Philly, and like Mo said, the line is moving the other way. I don't know. This, this has nothing to do with matchup for me and everything to do with the action on this game right now. It's just not worth it.
0: Okay. DP, you've got this in the middle. You're taking the home dog. You two, uh, is this just a market play for you, DP?
3: Well, no, I think Nick Foles is a joke. I, I mean, I don't think that guy's good at all. I think what you're seeing this year is the Nick Foles that we've always seen. And he just caught lightning in a bottle last year and had a really good team around him. And I, I don't think much of Nick Foles at all. And I think with Nick Foles goes that that Eagles offense. And I, you know, I, I'm getting three and a half points here. I think it's a really good number. I think this should be close to two and a half. So let's go Bucks. Let's go Fitz.
0: Speaking of Nick Foles, I did make a note. Foles, he's a is weird dude. Big Dick Nick, obviously a journeyman, not great. And then, like DP says, catches lightning in a bottle in the playoffs, Super Bowl MVP. And looking over his career, he's got more uh, more than forty games played, or forty games, at least forty games played, both home and away. And he's got reverse splits. His touchdown interception ratio and yards per attempt are better on the road than they are. At home. He's just a really weird dude. I don't know. I believe in the structure. This is like clicking Belichick in a spot like this. I just believe in the structure of the Eagles. And uh, that those Hargraves and Grimes injuries are really, really worrisome to me. This is an interesting matchup between two of the highest
1: variance quarterbacks we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, that's very... Like, yeah. It's crazy. That is
1: very... Well, that's crazy. why
2: I said this is like such a high variance game. I could see so many different things happening. It just feels like either team could win by 14.
0: Range of outcomes definitely could be wide here, but I just, Doug Peterson versus Dirk Cutter, that might be the greatest, uh, one of the greater matchups this week in terms of coaching. So those are the split games. Let's get to our Lone Wolves. <laughs> The collective as a total two and four with lone wolves last week. Only Donnie and Mo had victories, both of them going one and one. Brett and I were zero oh and one in the lone wolf category. I've got a pair. Brett uh, Mo has a pair. Brett has one, and DP has a trio of lone wolves. None of them made his card, but one of them bubbled his card. And we'll start <laughs> with you. Back. We'll start with you. Yeah, DP, back and form, leading and low. In I, I
3: told you, you should see my cards. Glorious.
0: <laughs> all three are favorites, too, in classic DP fashion. Uh, let's start at the top. You were laying the six points with the Atlanta Falcons, hosting the Carolina Panthers. Talk about it, DP.
3: I mean, overall, the line, I feel like it's pretty fair, but the Panthers won last week. Didn't look that impressive at all to me, and they did it against a Dallas team that I don't think is anything, anywhere near good. I mean, they're not even your average as far as I'm concerned. I just have faith in the Falcons here coming home, ton of weapons on offense. I think they're going to be able to get it right. I think they're going to be able to win this one very easily.
0: Moe, you, you shared Falcons' optimism with DP in the preseason, but in this case, you like the dog. Tell DP why he is incorrect.
2: Really, Donnie? <laughs> you did that? Um, man, I think this, this line is like possibly three points off here. Uh, thing is, two massive injuries on this Falcons D that really worry me. One is safety Keanu Neal. Um, I guess his backup ha- looked like he performed pretty well. So maybe that one's not horrible for them. Although, obviously, the depth is... is potential concern but man Deion Jones I mean this is probably their best player on defense such a playmaker so key to everything they do I don't know how the Falcons are going to survive without him Um, this Panthers offense looked relatively poor uh, not really being able to be efficient versus what looks like an average at best Dallas defense but man without Deion Jones out there I don't really see the Falcons being that much better at all than the Panthers if they even are and they looked so I mean you know it's the opening game man they looked sloppy not very good um I really think even with the a little bit of extra rest this line should be three and a half here I don't understand why the Panthers are getting this many points uh I don't see why Cam can't burn up this uh what looks like it a defense that's going to really struggle without their best player.
0: So the Deion Jones injury is massive. I've said it many times this year about how the uh, Jaguars and Falcons are Seahawks East. And what that means is they're running the similar schemes that Pete Carroll did with Seattle. Dan Quinn, of course, coming from the Pete Carroll coaching tree. And what they do is they run a cover three. They split the field into threes. They put three uh, safeties essentially back in zone. And what that does is that forces the eight people underneath to either rush the quarterback or cover. And a lot of that comes down to linebackers being great in coverage. And without Deion Jones, they're not going to be able to comfortably run their cover three scheme, which is going to allow Christian McCaffrey to absolutely eat underneath. And any kind of tight end, which we know Greg Olson has hurt, but Devin Funchess is basically, he's the Quincy Inunua of this team. He's a pseudo tight end that's going to play close to the line of scrimmage. And he's going to play in the middle of the field as well. And that's kind of where Keanu Neal, even though he's a safety, he plays sometimes up front as a nickel corner and is tight to the line and plays tight coverage. And like Mo said, they're going to be without both of these players. And they are massive losses. Uh, Not to mention, even though running backs don't matter, from a depth uh, perspective, Devonta Freeman, DNP, both Wednesday and Thursday, looks like he is... is in line to miss this game with that knee injury uh, that he suffered last year. Refused to get surgery, trying to play through it. So this is a banged-up team, uh, a division game. Uh, biggest concern for the Panthers is uh, their offensive line. Uh, but it's one of those things where so Trey Turner is, is hurt um, and looks like he might miss the game. They signed Chris Clark off the street on Wednesday, and Clark might just get slotted into the starting lineup uh but it's one of those things where their o-line was so bad to begin with that even injuries i don't know what replacement level how much worse it could be than than what it was uh Minotti, you too you've got carolina talk about why you like the panthers
1: yeah this line doesn't make any sense and, and the movement on the line is even more baffling like the falcons lose two starters one of which is first team caliber all pro and the line is moving in Atlanta's favor I'm, I'm so confused by this this is a great spot for Carolina even with the injuries up front like you mentioned I, I don't see them having problems moving the ball with Christian McCaffrey uh this this is just this is just beautiful
0: how is the six <laughs> yeah division games early season two 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 too, too many points DP they ripped your hair out on Sunday night but you're still going back to the well. You're still laying the three and a half with the Chicago Bears. They're playing another primetime game Monday night against the aforementioned Seahawks. Why do you like the Bears so much?
3: I mean, listen, I know you guys are out on Mr. Trubisky, but I'm still in. I still have hopes for this Bears team. I mean, they got to me. They just got shell shocked in week one with the whole Rogers thing being on the road in Green Bay. Um, I, I don't think that that's who they are in the second half. I think they're going to be closer to the first half. Uh, what I mean by that is a pretty decent offense uh, with Nagy being able to move a lot of pieces around, have a lot of exotic looks, uh, some fun stuff that we're going to see some exciting football. And then the defense is going to be the bears defense. Um, the more that Khalil Mack gets worked in, I think it's only going to be better for them. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for a few bonehead case, Ke- uh, case Keenum uh, throws last week, I don't think we're looking at the Seattle team as m- you know, as positive as we are this week, I think that plays into a little bit of this line here. I think the Bears defense is just going to be too good for Seattle here, and, and the offense for Chicago is going to be just fine.
0: I don't think exotic looks matter when your quarterback's just god awful.
3: <laughs> like I said, I'm still in. I'm still in on Trubitsky.
0: Wanted to love the Hawks here, but I think the line is very fair. Although I do believe this is three by game time. When people start losing on Sunday, and they need to bet Monday to get some money back. I don't know if they're going to be clicking the Bears. The Hawks are actually the public side right now, according to the spread, getting 54% of the bets. So I think this actually hits three by game time. Uh, Nobody was very high on the Hawks. Mo, you were actually the highest. Anything you want to add on this contest?
2: There's just a lot of matchups that have to concern you with. Um, the Bears' D-line versus the Hawks' O-line. I mean, that's just really scary. Um, and then the Doug Baldwin injury. Bears on a short week. Though and Hawks are getting a pretty good number here. It's, it's kind of a tough one, but can't have too much confidence, I think, either way. But uh, gun to head, I, I guess, Seattle.
0: Coaching matters. Last game that DP has as a lone wolf. He's laying the wood again with the Rams. He was correct last week as a lone wolf. Now he's laying 12 and a half, hosting the Cardinals. DP, wrap up your lone wolves with
3: the LA Rams. I had a feeling I'd be a lone wolf here, but the Rams are just way better. The Cardinals suck. And I mean, it's at the bottom of my card, third from the bottom. So I'm not going to put a ton of stock into it because it is 12 and a half points. But honestly, Rams are just going to blow doors here.
0: This isn't just stock high, stock low. This is stock apex, stock nadir, just as DP said. The Cardinals looked as bad as possible last week, and the Rams, in prime time, found a way to blow the doors off of John Gruden, everybody's favorite Chucky Child, on national television. Uh, This is purely a marketplace for me. Uh, I dug up this stat. So in the illegal contact era, whenever I look at historical stats, I always start in 2007— because that's when illegal contact was first initiated and the passing games just started exploding. Road dogs in division games during the first quarter of the season that are getting double-digit points, which this is, they are 18-5 and against the spread, a 78% clip. These organizations know each other. These teams know each other. And I just think 12.5 is way too many points. I have this on my card. I am the highest on this game. Uh... Mo you oh you do have it on your card you have it as your fifth lowest game on your card and Brett has this right outside of his card uh Mo what gave you the confidence to put the Cardinals in your top five?
2: Fifth highest you mean but yeah um well, that stat you said is interesting because like you don't really want to take too much stock from these ridiculous trends in most cases but This one does make some intuitive sense because you don't have enough information that early in the year to be saying you should be laying that many points in most cases. Like, it's you probably usually just a market overreaction, which I could see this absolutely being. Like you said, stock high against stock low. The Rams are on a short week. I think you just got to pinch your nose and fire Arizona here. Uh, McVeigh is probably. The coach I least like to fade, to be honest, just because the way they run offense, like how they max out their possessions and and max out their efficiency, it's like if they can cover, they probably will. So I don't really like that spot, and I don't like the number either because what the contest is three and a half. Um, but I think. Yeah, it's 13 and a half, fake 13 and a half, but 13 and a half uh, on Penny. I just, I think you just got to pinch your nose and click on Arizona here, though. It's a great spot, like, and this team, like, when I looked at the roster piece, I don't think they were going to be horrible.
0: Yeah, look at this defense. Like, they have real players on defense. So I, I think last week is, is going to be a total aberration. Uh, Bert, like I said, nearly had this on this ca- on your card. Wrap us up with your thoughts on Arizona. Yeah, this is so many
1: points. The Cardinals lost to a good team last week. The Rams pummeled a bad, a bad one in the second half. Uh, this line looks two points off to me. I will gladly fade the public more than two-thirds of the tickets coming in in L.A. I still think this Cardinals pass defense is competent and can keep this somewhat close, and if not, we can
0: hope for the back door. Pummeled a bad team, huh? David Johnson dumped the dump-offs. Pummeled a bad team, huh? Who put that bad team on the card? Bro, it's Jim Orr week.
1: We didn't know how bad Derek Carr— Derek Carr is way worse than we ever could have imagined after what I saw last week.
0: 2015, David Carr is back. Man, he was terrible. We'll go to Mo, who has a lone wolf on his card— He's taking a home dog. He's betting against the goat. He couldn't. He couldn't talk wax poetic more last week about Bill Belichick. Now he's picking against him. Mo, what's going on here? You've got the jacks.
2: What in the world are you guys doing here? I was pissed off when Rich told me this was a lone wolf. Man, what are you guys? You guys drunk? This is wrong. Team favored. Jags should be minus one here. They still match up so well with the Patriots. And guys, you guys, the heart rankings. This is all about the heart rankings. I'm usually the last guy to tell you one team is going to be playing with all the heart. But guys, Jacksonville's had this game circled for six months. Come on. Patriots don't give a shit. Regular season early. This is going to be like when the Chiefs beat them by 30 at the beginning of the season every other year. Uh, except Tom Brady's actually going to get sacked a few times, put on his ass. And, you know, Belichick's going to make some faces and they're just going to move on and be fine for the rest of the year. But this is heart rankings. This is wrong team favored. And I'm really disappointed in all you guys.
0: DP spent the entire DP spent the entire offseason besmirching the Patriots, but as Bert said at the top, he is back and he's got the Pats on his card. Go ahead, DP.
3: That is right. Listen, it's looking like no Leonard Fournette. That's a big loss. Putting my trust stop, back in Bill stop, Belichick. Stop.
0: Don't lead with running backs. Don't matter. So okay, let, hold on. Let, running backs again.
3: matter when you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. You have Blake Bortles and you have Leonard Fournette. Yes, running backs matter. No. Okay, don't tell me running backs don't matter. They don't. Yeah, I know they don't matter in most cases, but when you run the, the, the play the offense, or play the game the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars do. I think running backs matter for them, is what I mean. I mean it's going to like throw their whole thing out of whack, you know, yeah, because yeah. some T- teams don't know how to adjust because running backs actually don't matter and they put too much stock in running backs actually mattering. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of those teams. Nah, TJ,
0: Eldon will be just fine.
3: But continue. Yeah, putting my trust back in Bill Belichick after Rich threw me off the rails there. Uh, I mean, I think. Listen. Mo, just, Mo, just stop. They're not the better team. They're not, they shouldn't be favored. Like, get out of here, okay? The the Jaguars are just a bunch of loudmouths right now. And, yes, they might have circled this game, but I, I trust Bill Belichick. I trust this Patriots team. I trust Tom Brady. I trust the defense, which has looked much better uh, already. That's largely probably because Matt Patricia is no longer there, and that guy's an idiot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just – I like everything that the Patriots are going to be able to do here. I like them on defense. They're going to be able to get after uh, Blake Bortles. Rich, I know you don't care that Leonard Fournette's not there, but if you make Blake Bortles, throw the ball a bit more, um, I I don't think that that's going to be a winning formula. And I think that the offense for the Patriots is just going to get a little bit better. I was uh, positively um, influenced by the play of uh, Philip Dorsett, which I didn't think uh, would be a thing. So that's good for the wide receiver core. And then Gronk's just going to be Gronk, whether he's, Uh, doubled by two people and takes those two people out of the game for the Jacksonville defense, or he just eats like he knows how to eat. Um, I think either way, it's going to be a good thing for New England.
0: Philip Dorsett does have the pedigree, former first-round pick, albeit by Ryan Grigson. Uh, Bert, it sounded like you were going to jump in there for Mo. What you got to say?
1: Well, first I have a question for Donnie. When you piled the under on the Pats win total yeah, this year
3: what is, wasn't this a game
1: you circled as a loss? How a, are you? On yeah, the some, listen, sometimes
3: sometimes you have to just cut your losses right away and move on, okay? I I know how to walk away from a losing bet. Is this roulette theory
0: that we're learning? <laughs> no, this is
3: like poker theory. You just fucking fold when you know that you're going to lose. Man, Man, I folded. It's, Let's it's go. So early in the season, he's thirteen like giving off. and three, Man. baby. Five in <laughs> the train. Rich, tell me where to send the pizza.
0: I will Venmo you request for my large pie. Uh, guys, I'm done picking against Bill Belichick. I'm done. You don't make money betting against the Patriots. I'm done. D o n e. Done. No more. No mas. White flag.
1: You know, Mo asked what we're doing here. This was the last game on my card. I just. Threw this one away. I want to enjoy watching it. That's it.
0: I'm done. I'm simply done. I quit. I quit games including Bill Belichick.
2: Jags by 14.
0: No mas. Well, I'm done. Uh, Speaking of the bottom of the card, Mo, you've got the Niners as a lone wolf. Stuck them all the way at the bottom. You are laying the six with Jimmy GQ, buddy.
2: Now do I tell you that I have no confidence in this one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you coaching can... mismatch. Man, Matt Patricia was horrible. He looks like he's going to be a top fade for us and everybody else going forward. But there are some obviously things that worry me. So, I, you know, why can't Matt Stafford just shred this awful 49ers pasty? Yep. I don't know. Uh huh. Yep. Thought this line was pretty fair, not too angry either way. Pretty fair.
0: Brett, tell Mo why this is a beautiful spot for the Lions
1: because this is the ultimate response to one game. This line is hilariously bad. Everybody watched the Lions vomit all over themselves on Monday night. Uh, the loss on Monday moved the line here. What two points? That's insane. I still believe in Matt Stafford as long as he's healthy. Going into this one, he should be able to march against the Niners. Mo mentioned the the coaching that is clearly a concern. We've got Matt Patricia against Shanahan. Uh and what if what if there's just no trust in this Lions locker room right now? What if the what if the Lions rank last in the heart rankings this year? That that is a thing right now with Matt Patricia. So that is a worry. Uh but why can't the Lions just win this game? are they better?
0: That worry is going to be alleviated when Kenny Galladay and or Marvin Jones toast Richard Sherman. Yeah. Just toast Richard Sherman. He is done. He's cooked. Talk about cooked. Richard Sherman, hang him up. He cannot stay with any outside receiver. Uh, the line. Guys, come on. How can we not be all over this game? The last time the Niners were this heavily favored, Colin Kaepernick wasn't leading a Nike campaign. He was leading the Niners as their starting quarterback. December 28th of 2014. The Niners are a bad team with a bad roster. Thankfully, they have a good coach. They should not be favored by six points against any professional football team. This line's a complete joke. Total joke. DP, you too had the Lions, but had them low. Anything to add on the contest?
3: I I mean, I really wanted to love the Lions here. I'm just worried. Scared shitless of Matt Patricia. So I just had to put them as low as possible.
0: He'll he'll have a, a big smile on his big bearded face when they win outright in Santa Clara. I've got two lone wolves. They're both below the middle of my card. I'm taking the six points with the Raiders. I think this is just a pure market play division game. Raiders. Absolutely embarrassed in the second half. Derek Carr looked about as bad as possible. Uh, The Raiders also, just as an organization, they look super desperate after cutting Martavis Bryant. They re-sign him, and they prorate his contract so that he's basically getting his game checked from last week, even though he wasn't on the team. They also signed some defenders off the street this week, Jonathan Hankins and Clinton McDonald. So that organization's like a bit of a mess. They're also coming off a short week, but I I just think six points is too much in this spot. I think Case's performance last week is more indicative of what we're going to see than we might hope. Uh, like I said on yesterday's pod, he's always been just a journeyman quarterback, and those mistakes are going to pop up. So I'll take what I think is a little bit of value here in the Raiders getting the six points, but I definitely don't. Love it. DP, you went back to the well, laying points with the Broncos at home and put it on your card. Tell me why I'm wrong.
3: Dude, this Raiders team, man. I mean, just wow. Absolutely wow. Tough place to play in Denver, just like it was last week. I think that Case Keenum is going to be much more careful with the ball this time. And even if he isn't as careful, I don't expect this Raiders defense, which I think is just a total crap show uh to you know be able to get the turnovers and make the plays that the Seattle defense did. Even the Seattle defense now that's not the Legion of Boom era. I think that they're still uh halfway decent and they have a competent coach, uh at least a defensive minded competent coach and Pete Carroll. And I mean Derek Carr man, holy God, that guy. I don't know what to think about that guy. I know we talked about it yesterday, Rich, uh, but yeah, if, Ma- if Von Miller is able to, to get in any sort of pressure and Derek Carr is just you know freaking out there in the pocket and throwing the ball up like a shot put like he was uh, last week, I mean, just absolute disaster written all over it. I mean, give me the Broncos here. Give me the Broncos all day.
0: Brett, I'm upset that you totally jumped ship on Oakland here. Again, you have it low, but you clicked
3: the Broncos. Come on, I didn't totally jump ship here. You jumped ship. You, you went. Brett also knows how to fold when he, he has a loop. It's, it's at the bottom of my card. I mean, is
1: Denver good? Are we convinced that Denver's even good?
0: I think they're above average, which is why I don't think they should be laying six points. I don't think they're definitively three points better than the Oakland Raiders.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I lean Denver here because they could roll, but six points is a lot even with the Raiders on a short week and going to Mile High, which is one of the toughest places to go to, uh, the Raiders actually looked pretty good for a half last week against a very good team. So I thought this was a fair
0: line. I wanted nothing to do with it. Mo, you folded like a knit. You're back on the other side against the Raiders. You just quit da- Derek Carr. I almost said David Carr. Yeah. yeah,
2: this is a bad QB on the road against a very strong defense on a short week. Only thing is, can you ever lay that number with Vance Joseph? He's (laughs) so bad. This Raiders D is as bad as they come. I mean, I almost said St. Louis. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The Rams did whatever they wanted in the second half. That was embarrassing. Carr looks horrendous. I I have this line of spare, but gun to head, I'm just going to take the home team in a good situational spot.
0: The other lone wolf I have is quite low on my card. I've got the Texans as a pick. They're currently, uh, this line is off from Pinnacle. Uh, The Texans are currently minus two on Pinnacle, so getting two points of value, but 83% of the public is lining up to take the Texans. Uh, One of the big reasons for that is the ambiguity. At the quarterback position for the Titans, Marcus Mariota suffered a bone contusion on his funny bone uh, on Sunday during that crazy Dolphins-Titans game. Uh, Lost some feeling in his hand through two interceptions post-injury. Sounds like he's going to play. Mike Vrabel, the coach, uh, said, quote, he's in line to play, but Gabbard is still getting first-team snaps in practice to prep just in case, uh, there's also some offensive line issues in Tennessee. Taylor Lewan, he was really uh, he really took a cheap shot on one of those uh, interceptions and is in the concussion protocol. He's going to get reevaluated today. And concussions, this is going to sound horrible from a human standpoint, but concussions are actually things that are okay from a football standpoint because once you pass the protocol, you're you're back in the game. Uh, as my dog starts barking. Rather than like a soft tissue injury or some other lower body injury where you have to play through it. Like, once you get cleared for a concussion, you just go in and your performance shouldn't really be affected uh, by that. Uh, But they did lose Jack Conklin. They may have Jack Conklin back as well. Uh, Towards ACL in the playoffs. It was reactivated from the pup list last weekend. He could see some action. So there's definitely concerns for me uh, if those guys are in the lineup for Tennessee. But uh, I feel like. This is just a pure market play. I'm going to take the two free points and uh, and stick them at the bottom of my card. Nobody is very high on the Titans. DP, you are the highest, uh, which is not saying much. Uh, why do you like M&Ms for brains in this spot?
3: Um, I just really don't like the Houston Texans, so just give me the Titans, although this is below my line of I don't give a crap about any of these games. So, yeah, let's go Titans.
0: Yeah, I just need more info. If Conklin and Luan are not playing, then that Houston defensive line could absolutely ravage the Titans. But if they both play, then that's a totally different story. Bert, you had the same level of confidence in the Titans. Want to add anything to the conversation?
1: So so whoever coaches the Titans, if we're still going to call them M&Ms for race. Oh, that's no right. It
0: Sorry, it is Rable. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, let's give
1: Rabel a couple weeks before we start calling
0: that. R.I.P. Malarkey. Yeah, I even s- just said a quote from Rabel: "Dumb, dumb, dumb." Mo, you had them low as well, so I'm just going to keep it pushing to Brett's only lone wolf. I hate this. I hate the way this is playing out. Tell us, tell us why you hate this team that you are, have so high in your card. I don't understand.
1: I mean, yeah, they're on my card. Okay, so I've got, <laughs> I've got the Giants. Uh I'm sorry, I've got the, the Cowboys minus three. See, he doesn't um,
0: even know which side he wants.
1: I got a little frazzle here. Uh guys, the Giants are terrible. Like they couldn't win a game at home last week against a team that lost Leonard Fournette. Uh, they have zero pass rush. Olivier Vernon still hasn't practiced. Every fish is betting the Giants this week. Two-thirds of tickets coming in on New York. Super contest. Everyone's gonna be piling. The Giants, I just listened to the Chad Millman podcast, uh, his super contest podcast this morning. They snap picked Giants like it was a no-brainer. That's insane. The Giants are not good. This is a Zeke run straight game, I guess a bad front seven. Dak now has a game under his belt with these new receivers uh and his replacement center. I, I really like this as a bounce back spot for the Cowboys, who I don't think are good, but I think they should be minus four. In this spot i i I cannot i cannot take the giants i think they're still way overvalued
0: so you don't have to take the giants but you don't have to put the cowboys on your card
1: i don't have to it wasn't high on my top five but yes they are on my card i think this is a a a pretty good spot for the cowboys if there's any spot this season for the cowboys i think this is it
0: uh So the concerns do remain for the Giants defense. Very fair. Olivia Vernon has not practiced yet. Obviously missed last week and was sorely missed while Blake Bortles had all the time in the world to throw. But the strength in this Giants defense are their run-stapping defensive tackle. Snacks Harrison and Dalvin Thompson are a menacing duo on the front. So I don't agree that this is a run-straight game for the Cowboys. That being said... I wanted to love the Giants. I wanted to go Chad Millman, but the public is all over this. So I selected the Giants and put them low on my card. DP did not. DP has the G-men as his number two selection. So I'm sure you want to get in here, Mr. Peters, and talk about the Giants. Or probably just shit on the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, just shit on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are absolutely atrocious. And and I don't care about what the public's on. The public are my people, okay? So I will ride and die with the public. I mean, listen, I, I was actually, I mean, they lost the first game, the Giants against the Jaguars, but the Jaguars looked pretty good. And I was impressed in a lot of different areas um, with where the Giants really sucked last year. The offense looked like it was moving in the right direction. Saquon Barkley, I know we hate running backs, but he looked pretty good. Uh, o, uh OBJ and Eli, they looked pretty good and in sync. I like a lot of what the Giants have on offense. And then I, I like, listen, their defense, Vernon, yes, okay, I get it. But their defense looked decent. I mean, they looked better than they did last year. They got a turnover against Blake Bortles. I don't think that Dak Prescott is you know, much better uh, if even on the same page as Blake Borel. Dak Prescott is just horrible. And what are they going to do? Line up and run straight? Like Rich said, that plays to the Giants' strength on defense. I don't think that that's going to work, and I don't think that this Dallas offensive line is even going to necessarily be able to do that because they're not the Dallas offensive line of one or two years ago. They're just not. Um, and, yeah, I just I don't see how you can even put the Cowboys anywhere near your card, Brett, let alone on the card, but whatever. I'm here to balance you out and get this thing not anywhere near our card.
0: They got a turnover against Blake Bortles is the ultimate participation trophy.
1: Holy shit. He actually <laughs> said that.
3: They got a turnover, guys.
0: <laughs> they, received, Come on! they received free bottle service. Uh, Mo.
3: That was a really good pick. Did you even see it? Mo, you've got
0: the Giants. You've got the Giants in the middle of your card. Uh, how are the Cowboys going to stop this offense is my question. Mo, give us your
2: take uh i don't have much of a take (laughs) um it's rule of nfc east this should be closely contested ugliness between two really bad teams i definitely agree with what brett said the giants absolutely suck but i thought that the market is way overrating the cowboys from square one this team is complete trash i i want nothing to do with this game really um I want to love the Giants. I do, but man, I public dog seventy yeah, percent on the Giants. I can't do it.
0: My first note: <laughs> Giants at Cowboys. Underneath it, oh no, a public dog. Full That's stop. Stop saying. I I can't do. I just
1: can't. This is clearly Cowboys for me.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on to the card. As I noted before, Monowara a perfect five and zero last week. So you kick things off, kiddo. You are the first person to write down a team on our card, which will get submitted into the Las Vegas Super Contest. Mo, what road dog is leading off our card?
2: Well, we already talked about it. Uh, Man, sorry, Donnie. That was embarrassing. And we've got the Panthers Killer. plus six. This is a beautiful spot. I mean, what the hell, Donnie? Just go... <laughs> away i don't understand we're gonna be back to this this donnie variance is
3: a bitch mo variance 2017, is a
2: bitch. donnie with 0 and twelve or whatever he was in that stretch he couldn't get us a point when when does when is gridiron gamble relegation when do we send donnie to a lower
3: podcast wow Shots fired. I have no, I have no return shots at all to that. I'm just gonna sit here and crawl into the corner in a little fetal position because I mean,
0: we'll give, man. You, we'll give you a uh, got a turnover against Blake Bortles participation trophy at least. That
1: was a first round knockout right there.
2: Well, I, I'm guessing you guys are happy with this selection, except yeah, for Don. I love this pick. It, it was between this one and the Jags for me. Pim. They were. I was back and forth. Love them both. Can't believe you guys aren't on this heart rankings play.
0: Panthers made Brett's card. Uh, Originally, the Panthers were high on mine, and then I just kept slotting them down. My biggest fear is Cam Newton has been very bad in Atlanta. They've done a good job of bottling him, but that has been with, uh, most likely, I don't know this offhand, with guys like Neal and... Deion jones on the pitch they are very crucial as i noted to the strategy so uh division game lines too high this is a good pick from you mo i'm up next three and two last week and i too am going to talk about a game or pick a game that we previously talked about and that is the detroit lions this line is a joke too many points stock low as low as possible for the lions hopefully we can avoid a mutiny and uh, can get a cover from Matt Stafford. I have no idea uh, how the Niners plan to cover the outside receivers, so even if they get out to a lead, the back door is seemingly going to be wide open. We just need competent Matt Stafford to return. Mo, again, you were the only lone wolf. You had this low. How do you feel about this being on the card?
2: Well, I feel pretty good. You guys have got me convinced. Um, I wasn't. I mean, man, the coaching mismatch is just brutal, though. It's Shanahan against Patricia. That is just, ugh, that scares me. But, uh, man, matchup wise, I, I, I just circled that from the start. Why can't Stafford embarrass this 49ers pasty? D? They're so bad. And, unlike Brett, I, I still believe Stafford's a solid quarterback. Like, that game was obviously horrifying. I have nothing positive to say. He played like dog shit, but I mean, it happens, you know, we all have bad days at work. And if regular Matt Stafford that plays pretty well, most of the time shows up, he should have a big day here.
0: That was Brett's number one pick. The next pick
2: will be DP's DP went two two and one
0: last week. He's got Brett's number two pick as his number one pick. And he has a consensus selection. We are five. Oh, and one as I mentioned earlier, in consensus picks. DP, which home favorite made the top of your card?
3: Steelers minus four, baby. I would like this line all the way up to six and a half, I think. I mean, the public is all over Kansas City. Yeah, they looked good last week, but I don't know. I'm just really starting to believe that the Chargers are just, just are a dumpster fire. I just I don't know what to think of them. Um, this To me, this is – I mean – as long as the Steelers don't get extremely stupid, and I don't think that they will. I think they are level-headed enough to just line up and run straight and right, run right down the throat of this Kansas City defense that I don't think is going to be able to stop anything. Um, I think that the Steelers are just going to run away with this game. I think it's going to be a ton of points, but I think the Steelers are going to win this game going away. and It's not going to be close at all.
0: I noted this was Brett's number two pick. It was also my number two pick as a consensus pick. Mo also had the Steelers, but had them below the middle of the fold mo you are the resident chefs fan but you two know this is a beautiful spot for the pittsburgh steelers
2: it really is i think you somewhat have to throw away that game last week horrifying horrifying conditions they played in um still up 21-0 right yeah 21-7 i think 21-7 yeah yeah was it
0: 21-7
2: so horrible conditions. And then you got this Chiefs team stock couldn't be higher. But look at some of the shit that was happening last week. They still got shredded by this Chargers offense doing anything they wanted. Steelers are going to do exactly the same thing. I mean, th- there's no chance this Chiefs defense can put up an ounce of resistance. But the public is apparently has no idea. That's going to happen because they're 77% filing on the Chiefs. The thing is, as a Chiefs fan, I know this doesn't mean anything intellectually, but it still in my heart means something because, man, the Chiefs have been getting fucked by the Steelers for the last five years, man. All they do is destroy the Chiefs every single time these teams play. I don't know what it means or if it matters but I just have a feeling it's going to happen again. That said, there are a couple of key injuries here, David DiCastro and Joe Hayden, but I mean, I still think the Steelers are going to absolutely roll on offense.
0: DeCastro still might go, broke his hand during play in the rain and came back in. I believe he only missed two plays, Uh, came back in with the broken hand and thinks, he believes at least, that he can go. And he's a vet, so even if he misses practice, Thursday and Friday, he knows the game plan or he can get in there, put a club on. These guys are animals, and get in there and play guard for the Steelers. And as you mentioned, under Andy Reid, Chiefs 0 2 and Heinz Field losing games by 29 and 8. They are just they've just been absolutely owned by the Steelers, and the public is just lining up to bet the, the Chiefs. S-
2: they don't remember these games. I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> I remember these games, and they fuck us every time. They just bend us over and fuck us. Jesus.
0: (laughs) Jesus. Not a family podcast, but didn't. You can't win
2: against this team.
0: (laughs) All right. So I had Brett's number one pick. DP had Brett's number two pick, which leaves his number three selection. Get your veto cards ready, boys. (laughs)
1: I, I didn't want this uh, on our card, so somebody's got to do it. But I've got, I've got the Cowboys. I guess I'm left with, I'm left with the Cowboys here on
3: our card. Who's doing it, dude? You guys want to flip for the veto? I mean, what, the, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> all
0: right, all right, all right, all right.
1: I think it has to be Donnie, right? He's he's so high on the Giants.
0: Well. I'm going to go ahead and fire my veto. Uh, And I'm going to put in a consensus pick. A team that covered for us last week. That is right. We're getting a half point of value. Jets minus two and a half at home against the Dolphins. We are getting a massive half point of value. This line is three on pinnacle. And Todd Bowles has been... Awesome at home for the Jets against AFC opponents in games where somebody not named Bryce Petty is playing quarterback. Bryce Petty, the absolute vote. The Jets are 12 and three against the spread. 12 and three against the spread at home during the Todd Bowles era against AFC teams. This is a well-coached team. This is a ton of talent that is blossoming. I put all the first-round picks under Bowles McCagan in the chat the other day. Darren Lee, Leonard Williams, Sam Darnold. These guys are playing out of their minds right now. Jamal Adams, of course. They're playing out of their minds. And this seems like it should be a public side after that Monday night showing, but only a small public lean for the Jets in this spot. Love the number. Love the team. Fuck the Cowboys. Jets are on the card. Let's go.
3: Let's go. Listen, you could have put anyone anyone on the card other than the Cowboys, and I'd be happy.
0: Jets are also on Brett's card. DP had this in the middle of the pack, and it bubbled Mo's card. Mo, you were laughing there. What do you got, kiddo?
2: No, I like the Jets, too. It seems almost too obvious, but uh, I also like the way they match up with Miami in the sense that – just like last week. This is just like kind of a dream schedule. for schedule start for uh, the Jets and especially for developing their young quarterback, Sam Darnold, because, man, last week they got to face a Lions team with an absolutely awful pass rush. And this week they get a Miami team that has no pass rush. Um, so that's such a good spot. where, Because the biggest... The biggest problem I still see with this Jets team is their O-line. It still worries me quite a bit, but um, Miami shouldn't be able to exploit it too hard. That was one of my reasons I really liked them last week, and it's a good spot for them this week, too. I think they should be minus three and a half here. Um, but, you know, on short rest coming off a blowout win, it does make me a little leery.
0: This stadium is going to be rocking. They've We've been so thirsty for a quarterback for 40 years. So we've been teased by Mark Sanchez, teased, albeit in a small window, by Geno Smith. (laughs) Geno Smith had a cover on the New York Daily Post that said a star is born. That actually happened. That's how starved they've been. If the Jets get out to an early lead, this could be a total roll show with the kind of buzz that's going to be in that stadium. So the cards so far, We've got Lions plus six, Jets plus three, Steelers minus four, Panthers plus six. Let's get to the collective pick, and we'll explain the weirdness that is going on in one certain game.
1: The collective chooses...
0: The Green Bay Packers.
1: I'm so mad about this.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. So, the Super Contest, the people at the Westgate, they released their lines, which they have to do on Wednesday. These are static lines. They do not change. And they had to make a line for this Vikings-Packers game. There is a lot of ambiguity surrounding one Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he's going to play on Sunday. They hung, get this, minus seven for the road Minnesota Vikings, meaning that the Vikings would be minus 13 at home against the Packers. Now, you've got Aaron Rodgers right after Sunday Night Football saying to Michelle DeFoya that he's playing with absolute certainty. Uh, he is yet to practice this week, but there have been several reports from, uh, injury experts. Uh, Dr. Chow is one of them. He's on Twitter. He was a former injury, uh, uh medical doctor for an NFL team. And you've got Stefania Bell from ESPN. Both of them saying that this looks like a, an MCL sprain, which all it would do would is limit mobility for Rogers, but he should be able to play. No problem. Uh, So how they hang seven in the spot, I don't know. Is everybody in the contest going to be on Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers is going? Probably. But this feels like a free square. Bert, I know this pains you. You mentioned it there. This has to hurt you, this stupid game.
1: If you're going to set it at minus seven, don't even put it on the board. Just leave it off. Like, you are hurting the product here. By doing this, if Rodgers is confirmed as playing before Saturday morning, 90% of the cards are going to have Green Bay and then you make it a four game week. Don't give people a chance at a free space. There are 15 other games to choose from either middle of the line and like Vikings minus three or just leave it off the board. What's the harm in that?
0: This is so stupid. Yeah, I don't know why they don't just set the line aggressively towards the middle because it's not like the real sports book where somebody can come in and put a million dollars down. You know, this is a, this is a contest where they've already got their rake. They've already got their juice. And it's kind of like a a mini game. That's not really affected. Uh, Mo, where are you at on this one? This is just such a a weird circumstance in this contest.
2: This might surprise you guys, but I actually don't think this line might be that crazy. Um, I swear, First of all, okay. First of all, I set two lines. One without Rodgers and one with Rodgers. First of all, if Rodgers sits, this line should be like probably close to 14. Um, 14!
0: Wait, 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 what?
2: What do you mean? Kaiser the woke?
0: 14? Vikes minus 20 at home? Why not? (laughs) Professional football?
3: Didn't Kaiser. Kaiser go in the game and just immediately start marching down the field?
2: This is Kaiser, literally the worst QB in football. How
0: much literally, money How much money did Kaiser have... lose? How much money did Kaiser lose you at Notre Dame and last year for the Browns?
2: He was so bad at Notre Dame. I told you guys <laughs> this from square one and then he was so he was literally the worst QB almost ever last year. I mean, guys, this is they would just get absolutely waxed here versus the Vikings defense. No. And even if Rogers plays, Like, I don't think a line of around Vikings minus three and a half is crazy here because he's not going to be 100%. And this is a Vikings defense with a savage pass rush. Absolutely savage pass rush. Really solid in the secondary, too, for the most part, except when they're playing Nick Foles. Um, And... The GOAT. The GOAT. Yeah, I just... Big dick Nick. I I could see the Vikings... Like, what if they just hurt Rodgers? I'm just not that confident. All right, DP, what
0: are your like, thoughts on this one?
3: I mean, I agree with Brett. I, well, I don't know. I half agree with Brett. I don't think that they can leave it off the board uh, or they should leave it off the board. But Why? I think that Why, they should have tried to middle it better. What?
0: Why? Why can't they just leave it off? Who cares?
3: Well, I think that that's probably against regulations, I would guess. Mm. But um, I think that they should have definitely tried to middle it better and make people like really guess. I don't. I feel like they just were like okay at this moment in time Rodgers isn't playing and they didn't try and project the rest of the week which is a large portion of the week and the most important portion of the week um, which I think that they should have done better I mean if they're the Westgate Sportsbook and you know supposed to be the preeminent sportsbook in the entire world that they should be able to make this line much better have a much better guess of where it's going to land come game time to make the card then uh, guess a bit more, or all the cards guess a bit more, um, you know, just instead of, like, a layup free space for everyone, which is, I mean, but for us, I don't I don't mind that it's a free space, and we're taking it because we're, you know, we're pretty much just riding riding and dying with everyone else, so as long as it's not something crazy where, like, only half the, the contest takes it, then I'm totally fine with it.
0: So, candidly, we don't know whether or not this will actually be our consensus pick, because we don't know for certain about the Rodgers injury. I'm very confident he is going to play but of course anything can come up to say otherwise so for you guys we're going to peel back the curtain a little bit and we're going to play what is our backup pick the next highest pick in the consensus and I actually I actually really love this pick (laughs)
3: The collective chooses the New Orleans Saints.
0: I love that pick, actually. I think they're going to absolutely destroy Cleveland on Sunday. I think you're right. Rape. I like
2: this. I like this play too. <laughs> rape
0: and pillage Cleveland on Sunday. Uh, the one matchup that really sticks out to me here is Alex Okafor and Cameron Jordan against the tackles for Cleveland. Cleveland has, remarkably, an undrafted free agent, something called Desmond Harrison, playing left tackle. He graded as a 40 in that first game against the Steelers, according to Pro Football Focus. And then on the other side of the line, they have something called Chris Hubbard. Uh, And in addition to that, while we give Tyrod a lot of love on this podcast, he holds the ball so long. Six of his seven sacks... On Sunday, came with him holding the ball for at least two and a half seconds. And this is a thing that's been a problem for Tyrod forever. Last year, only one quarterback held the ball for two and a half seconds or more, more often than Tyrod Taylor. And that was okay. Deshaun Watson.
1: But that he also doesn't turn it over. And that's one of the reasons why he doesn't yeah, turn but he, it
0: over. Yeah, but so, I mean, tur- sacks are turnovers, you know? Like, in a way, yeah. Like losing eight yards is in some ways as bad as a turnover. So it is definitely a downfall of his that he just holds the ball forever. Sure. And the Saints defense is not as bad as last week. Uh, I can can say that with confidence. We saw a very good defense last year. Are they as good as last year? Don't know. But they're somewhere in the middle. And Drew Brees is going to have his way with this Cleveland team. I actually kind of love this this pick. Uh, Brett, how are you feeling?
1: Uh, Well, how popular will this be? In the contest.
0: That's a very good point. Let's go to the uh, our matchup info tab here. It won't be. It's 64% of the public on New Orleans. But yeah, when you're shorting it down to you need to pick five games, are people really going to line up to lay eight and a half points? It is 10 currently on Pinnacle. though.
2: That's the biggest thing. and So, so they might see the value and play it. But these big favorites, nobody ever, they're never hardly that popular in the contest.
0: Yeah, I remember that Cardinals-Jets game. It was one of our favorite games ever. The Cardinals minus seven, Monday Night Football. The biggest slam dunk we've ever put on the card. And they won by 30. Trounced the Jets. I, I kind of love this spot. Look-
1: Sorry, if we all love this game so much, can we just put this on and leave off the Packers? Can we well, do well, that? Well, that's what
0: I'm saying. That I'm being candid to the people right now. When this goes up, when this is published, the consensus pick will still be up in the air. I, 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 we're not. I don't think we're going to have the definitive selection until we have a little bit more clarity on the Rodgers situation. Or we. I do. love
1: this. I love this pick. The only reason I have it lower and in the middle is because I'm afraid that people are going to be on it in the contest. But you guys might be right. Uh, they might just fade this one.
0: DP, you clicked Saints, but you have them very low. What you got, kiddo?
3: Um, It's just, honestly, I really like the pick. I just, I think it's low because of the points. You know, it's a lot of points, and I get scared uh, um, with a lot of points oftentimes. I mean, I think I I I talk myself into getting scared with a lot of points because of you guys, but I'm fine with this pick if it's on our card. I think the Saints are going to roll
2: here's the thing about laying a lot of points and this is why you don't really ever want to do it is your goals like the the team's goals don't line up with your goals trying to cover that game and whereas like when you have an underdog you pretty much know the underdog is going to play in line with what you want them to do to cover the game which is try to score as many points as possible and allow as few points as possible, but that's not really the case when situational football comes up at the end of games. That being said, this is a good spot. I mean, you're getting a point and a half of value off the contest. Um, And like I said, you can't take anything away from that Steelers game. It was just a mess of a game. I don't believe you can take anything away from that game. Although the Browns should be competent and better I believe that for sure. Like this should be a reasonable team this year. The defense is gonna be much better than it was last year. But man, facing trash Ben on the road. Well, you know, they're at home. Trash Ben is on the road. Um in a mucky mess of a game, <laughs> that is a completely different animal than facing Drew Brees. On that track. (laughs) In a dome. Yeah. Okay. and They're going to get
0: shredded. And you make the great point about laying a lot of points and it not being the strategy of the team. They just want to get the win. That's really all they care about. But while other teams are interested in salting the game away when they get the lead, like the Bengals last night, they get into field goal territory. Instead of going up 12, or at least trying to go up 12, they settle for the three to go up eight uh, and win the game. The Saints not only is Sean Payton going to step on people's throats and not give a single fuck. They're not really built to salt the game away, right? Like is this team really going to line up and hand the ball yeah, off they to They don't have Ingram. Are they really going to hand the ball off to Mike Gillisley like 15 times to salt the game away? I don't think that's going to happen.
1: There's no way that happens. Like
0: they're just going to keep scoring. I, I this feels like a beautiful spot to me. Plus they're fucking
2: pissed off. Oh, they're yeah. going to be they just, got, off. they
0: just got they just got Ryan Fitzpatrick just dropped forty-eight points on them at home. Kind of loving it, guys. Are we talking ourselves into Saints right now? I would rather do Saints, to be honest. Bert wants Bert wants Vikes to cover so bad, and for ninety percent, oh my god! How amazing would that be? <laughs> this is Bert's wet dream. So I, I think we might be leaning Saints, but to know you're going to have to follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Gamble. We will tweet out our official card, when we make that decision. For sure, on the card are Jets plus three, Lions plus six, Steelers minus four, and Panthers plus six, the collective pick being... Jets minus two and a half? uh, Did I say Jets plus three? Sorry. Yeah. I think I said that twice. Uh, Jets minus two and a half at home against those... Miami Dolphins. Follow these guys on Twitter at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N at Donnie underscore Peters. I'm at Rich T Ryan. Again, follow at Gridiron Gamble to see what we pick. Also follow us or subscribe to us on iTunes rate review. That really helps us out. Enjoy the football this weekend. Best of luck in your betting ventures. We'll see you next week. Peace. Ow.